Today on Winning Life, we're going to talk about purpose-driven wealth. You see, your purpose is tied to your increase. Whether you believe that or not, I'm going to show you how finding your purpose will lead to kingdom increase. Wealth always comes with a purpose in the kingdom of God. And I'm going to show you just how you find that purpose today on the broadcast. Stay tuned for more. I am Frederick Leon, and this is Winning in Life. Welcome to Winning in Life with Frederick Leon, a teaching ministry made possible by the friends and partners of Victorious Life Ministries. Our goal is to provide you with an understanding of God's grace and empower you to live life as a champion. So listen to this message and get ready to start winning in life. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us here on the broadcast. I am Frederick Leon. I am the host, and this is Winning in Life. You know, we've been talking about wealth and having a mind for wealth according to the kingdom of God, according to the words perspective. You see, wealth is established in the mind of God for you and I. But wealth comes with a purpose. And today I'm going to talk about that purpose. I'm going to talk about what purpose is and how you find that purpose. Because I believe that without understanding your purpose, you will never get the true wealth that God has called out for you. You understand that? There is wealth that God's called out for you and it's assigned to your purpose. But before we get into today's lesson, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you, Father God, that you are the author and the finisher of our faith. You are God, Lord, King over our lives, Father. And we thank you, Father, for all that you are to us and all that you're doing in and through us, Father. There is nothing we can do without you, Father. For the day we lift you up, for this is the day you've made. We rejoice in today's day, the beginning of this week, Father. And we know that it's going to be great. We know that it's going to be perfect because you live in us and you will show us how to be the kings and queens that we are in the earth. So we thank you right now, Father, for this word going forth. We bind every demonic influence that comes against this word, Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you that it goes forth and it does not return to you void, but it accomplishes your purpose in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Again, Good morning, kings and queens. You see, that's who you are. Don't let nobody talk you out of that. You are born a king. You know, I say queens, but you're really kings, my queens. And I want you to know that God has called every one of us kings in the earth. You are an ambassador. You are a governor. You have been appointed governors for the kingdom of heaven to influence this earth with God's image, the image that he placed inside of you. Now, I'm not going to get into all of that. If you want to get that, you can go back and listen to our messages. We've been talking about the kingdom of heaven, the culture of heaven since October. And now we're talking about increase in, in the kingdom of God, wealth and purpose from the kingdom of God. It's all from a heavenly perspective. And I believe you'll be blessed. If you want those messages, please write us at Pastor Fred at madeachampion.com or champion at madeachampion.com. 
Uh, you also you can go to soundcloud.com slash winning in life and you will see a lot of our messages that are right here on the radio broadcast. Uh, they, we place them on SoundCloud about a week or two after they hit the air here on this radio station. But if you want them, you can get them there or you can write to us, uh, when you write to us and we do CDs, please send just a love offering or something that you want to send to us, right? Just to help cover the cost, uh, of it. Uh, we usually say $5, you know, but you can send more just depending on what God tells you to do. We'll talk about that more towards giving Friday. Uh, so we won't take up no more time. I want to get into today's message and, and just really talk about how to walk in the purpose that God's given you because it's purpose that's, God has for you that will lead you to your increase, that will lead you to the wealth that God has for you. You see, many people think that it's all about just money, but Jesus said that that you don't come just seeking mammon, right? Money, unrighteous mammon, but it's about those who he can trust with the true riches. And and sometimes I don't think we get what true riches are, but that's wisdom and revelation, knowledge. God giving you things that he wants you to be steward over, right? And then he placed gifts inside of us that we're supposed to be stewards over. And it's those things that a lot of us find ourselves getting away from because we're working a job. And we're going back and forth. We're skipping from here to here, trying to find increase that gets us to a certain level without understanding how to find something you're good at and trust God and work your way up, work your way up the ladder, work your way up, developing a gift, developing a skill that maybe you can become a consultant in. Maybe you can become a business owner in. Maybe you can become the CEO working but not jumping from place to place. You know, most Americans believe in retirement. I got to work. I'm going to work a job till I get to 60 and then I'm going to retire. What you going to do after you retire? Where you going to go after you retire? You will not find retirement in the body, in the kingdom of God. You won't find it in the word of God. You won't even find a phrase that even looks like retirement. Every purpose that God gives us is a purpose that goes to the finality of your life, to the moment they place you into the ground. And yet most people go out to look for a job and work a job to their 60 or 65 and then say retirement. I am trusting that I will not be retired when I hit 65, that I'll be still pushing to be an influencer in the kingdom of God. But that's me, because I've received that revelation. But there are a lot of people that's made it okay. I'm going to retire. I'm going to go see my grandkids. I'm going to go out to the lake and do some fishing. I'm going to go hang out and travel some trips with my girl. You know, we're going to hang out. going to have a little few parties. We're going to, you know, get young again. But the truth of being young again is finding purpose. If you want to be young again, get your purpose. Purpose has everything to do with the assignment, right? It is your assignment, right? That is going to drive you to your wealthy place. It is your assignment that is going to bring in the kind of increase that you've been believing for. But most of us don't go there. 
Matter of fact, most of us have settled for a word that I hate and that's called normal or it's called ordinary. God did not make you to be normal. God did not make you to be ordinary. He made you to be extraordinary. And matter of fact, what was supposed to be normal is no longer normal. It's extraordinary. See, it was, your life was meant to be extraordinary in that place when God made man and said, be fruitful and multiply. Extraordinary was on your life. The impossible was on your life. Then we came up and we, sin came in, chaos entered the world, and all of a sudden, we believe in normal. We believe in doing what the status quo does. We don't believe in going above and providing any extra effort. Matter of fact, on our jobs, most of us just do what's necessary to get by. But God didn't give you a get-by mentality. The Bible says these words, that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. How do you see yourself? And how do you see yourself in the kingdom of God? How do you see yourself from a heavenly perspective? How do you think God sees you? Because I'm here to tell you, God sees you as a king, as an ambassador, as a governor. He sees you as someone he's appointed in the kingdom, in this realm called the, 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 the earth system to influence this earth with kingdom perspectives. But most of us are living according to the earth system and we're not gravitating towards heaven system. We're not gravitating toward the kingdom of God system. Jesus came in Matthew chapter four and he said, I want you to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The way that we operate is according to the kingdom perspective. And I am here to show you that perspective. Jesus said, repent, change your thinking. The kingdom is at hand. Uh, not the church. Not politics, not the Republicans, not the Democrats. No, that's not what is at hand. The kingdom is at hand. And the kingdom comes with a different perspective. Yeah, I'm going to change. Uh, my job here is to change your thinking. It may sound radical, but it's biblical. And I want you to know that you are important piece to the kingdom of God because it is you who are the who is the church. You, you, Mr. Individual, you, I'm talking to you, my Tims, my Bobby, my Sues, my Freds, my Jordans, my Vitas, my, my, my Jennifers, my Victoria Victorias, my Davis, my Leons, my 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 Vincents, my whatever your name is. Every I'm talking to you individual. John, Betty. You know, these names we got that we can't pronounce. Kanisha, uh, you know, Kiki, Pookie. I'm talking about all of y'all. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. Let, let me quit playing. <laughs> I love you. I love you. I do. I'm telling you that you as the individual, you're the church. You are what makes the body tick, makes the body successful. And you are a piece a masterpiece to the kingdom of God. He's called you. He's given you a purpose. He's given you an assignment. But most of us don't seek him. Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things shall be added. We've sought God for things. We've sought God for the house. We sought God for the cars. We sought God for money. 
And he's okay with you having it. But how do you get it? The way he wants, you're going to get it through him is that he's going to give you gifts and abilities. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 8, and let's look at verse uh, 18. It says this, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that gives thee power to get wealth, so that he may establish his covenant, which he swore unto thy fathers as it is this day. Now, when you read that, he gives you power. That word power comes from another word, a Hebrew word, meaning ability, power, ability to get wealth, a skill set, whatever that may be for you, a skill set to get wealth. God has always given you ability, talent, and skill to get the job done. What job? Whatever job that he's assigned for you. And God has an assignment for you. Every person under the sound of my voice, those that's listening or not listening, those that tuning in or not tuning in, every person around this world has been giving a purpose, a purpose under the sun and a season that God meant for them to come into this realm called earth and invoke that gift and that purpose that he's given them and go fulfill it throughout the earth. Matter of fact, when God placed man in in the earth in Genesis 1 and 26 when he's making creating man created him he's got a purpose in mind God never creates designs anything without the purpose already being in place he had a purpose then he created man you see what he did earth he created earth. Oh, look at it. Go read back. All these things God did, he created. He put the waters in the earth. He put the ground in the earth. He put vegetation in the earth. He put animals in the earth. Then he made man. Then he placed man in the earth and said, be fruitful and multiply. What did he tell, give man? He gave man a purpose. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. A purpose. God gave you a purpose. And to do that replenishing, there is set design, set skills, set talents for each and every one of us that we can go do to achieve our purpose. Glory to God. And so you need to know that. And as a matter of fact, in order to, for you to really truly understand that, let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. And I'm going to read this from the Message Bible so you can kind of get the gist of it. Uh, all right. So let's read this starting at verse 7. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we are a free people, free of penalties and punishments, chalked up by all our misdeeds. And not just barely free either, abundantly free. God made you abundantly free. He thought of everything, provided for everything we could possibly need, letting us in on the plans he took such delight in making. He set it all out before us in Christ. See, that's what the cross is about. He's put all this into place at the cross. He made it available for you through Jesus Christ. Huh? He said it all out before us in Christ, a long range plan in which everything would be brought together, summed up in him, everything in deepest, in, in deepest heaven and everything on planet earth. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Our purpose is in Christ. 
We find out our purpose in Christ. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us. When? Before the foundations of the world. He had designs on us for a glorious living. Part of his overall purpose, he is working out in everything and everyone. What is he working out in everything and everyone? He's working out his purpose. And his purpose is a purpose he's placed in you specifically for this realm called earth. Where you are living at now. He did not design you to come into the earth and get saved and die and go to heaven. That was not his purpose. That's what you've been taught. That's been taught by religion. Oh, my goal is to get to heaven. No, your goal is to fulfill your purpose. Let me tell you again. Your goal is not to die and go to heaven. Your goal is to fulfill your God-given purpose. Then you die and you go to heaven. And then you're going to come back. We'll talk about that at a later time. <laughs> But your purpose is not to die and go to heaven. It's not to get saved. Oh, I got saved. <laughs> I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. But you're acting like a heathen at work. That's not your purpose. It's not just to say I love him and he loves me. And, and, and oh, I need God to bless me. No, no, no. That's not it. He wants to bless you. But he wants you to fulfill your assignment. He wants you to fulfill your purpose. Now I want you to listen to this word from Ecclesiastes chapter 2. I think you need to listen to this because it, it puts things in perspective as I'm talking about increase in wealth. And, and, and listen to what this man says about his wealth. Verse 3, I sought in my heart to give myself unto wine, yet acquainted my heart with wisdom uh, and to lay hold of folly. Till I might see what was that good for the sons of men, which they should do under heaven all the days of their life. I made me great works, hmm? great projects. I built me big houses. I planted my own vineyards. See, I made me gardens and orchards. I planted trees in them with all kinds of fruits, pools of water, to water there with the wood that bringeth forth trees. I got my own servants, maidens, servants, not slaves, servants. And had servants born in my house. Also, I had great possessions of, of great and small cattle above all that were in Jerusalem before me. I gathered also silver and gold. I mean, this joker had everything. The peculiar, peculiar treasures of kings and other provinces. I got me men singers and women singers, the likes of the sons of men, musical instruments and that of all sorts. I mean, he's, I mean, he's got filthy lucre. <laughs> I used to love that word. They didn't talk about the Bible. Filthy look. He got me. He filthy rich. Huh? So I was great. Increased more than all that were before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom remained with me. Verse 10, and whatsoever my eyes desired, I kept not from them. I withheld not my heart from any joy. My heart rejoiced in all my labor, and this was the portion of all my labor. Verse 11. Listen to this. Then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought and on all the labor that I had labored to do. And behold, all was vanity, vanity. It was all empty and vexation of spirit. And there was no profit under the sun. You see, there was no purpose. He did all that stuff. He had all that increase. He had all that money. He had all that, that stuff. It had him though. He had no real joy in life because he had no purpose. You see, wealth doesn't make you happy. 
money does when I say wealth, I'm talking about the wealth in the that we know of in the earth system. Earthly increase, it doesn't bring you happiness and it doesn't bring you joy. It doesn't take care of you when you sick. It doesn't take care of you when cancer hits. There is a wealth that's from the kingdom of heaven that goes beyond this system that will drive you to what we call a wealthy place. You're going to go through some stuff. Like in Psalm 66, we'll, we'll turn over there to that. Psalm 66, look, verse 8. In Psalm 66, oh, bless our God, you people, and make the voice of his praise to be heard, which holdeth our soul in life and suffer not our feet to be moved. For thou, O God, has proved us. You tried us as silver is tried. You brought us into the net. Thou laid affliction upon our loins. You caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but thou brought us into a wealthy place. A wealthy place. A place of abundance. A place of increase. You went through some stuff. See, you, you're going to learn, and I don't want to jump ahead, but you're going to have to learn how to persevere. And trust God to get to the place. You can't quit every job. You can't quit every uh, every aspect of 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 the things that bring uh, uh, um, trials to you. Just because something got hard, issues of life, you gotta work your work your way in uh, into your 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 place that God's called you. And sometimes jobs are there to help you develop a skill set. But part of that is dirty thinking, stinking thinking. As I said, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What is Jesus talking about? As a man thinketh in his heart. What heart? He's not talking about the heart that's beating blood. No. As a man thinketh in his heart, where do you think at? In your mind. What is he talking about? He's talking about your subconscious mind. How do you think? In your subconscious mind. That's why you got to feed the word there. When you accept Jesus Christ, what do you do? You said, come into my heart. You're not saying come into my heart, the one beating in blood. You're talking about come into my mind, my my mind. That word mind comes from a Hebrew word meaning the subconscious. It, it, it has the word sub on it, S-U-B, which means the below mind, below mind, below your mind. What's below your, the subconscious is the, is the aspect. God wants to come into your mind. Jesus wants to come into your mind so that you can do the things subconsciously without thinking about it. You know, and, and in order to do that, you got to receive the word, hear it over and over. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and understanding the word of God. Faith comes by hearing over and over the word of God till revelation comes up on you. And when revelation comes, you won't run from that. You can't run from it. It'll eat you up because you will know that it's the truth. And you're, you will be driven to a wealthy place. Because you're re receiving from him and it's getting into your subconscious mind. And now you start to act on the things of God without even thinking about it. That's what he wants. Right now, you, you got chaos that's been delivered into your mind through sin. And that stuff is attacking you daily. The battles of the mind are for real. That's why he says in Corinthians chapter 10, cast down every imagination and every thought that comes against the knowledge of God, that comes against the wisdom of God. You've got to cast down those imaginations. Why? Because Satan doesn't want you to imagine what all you can be. He doesn't want you to imagine how far you can go. He doesn't want you to see your, he doesn't want you to, to 
See how your purpose is going to drive you out to the place of increase that God has. He wants to stop you from receiving your purpose. He wants to block you from going to your what the place. He wants you to stop dead in your track. So issues are going to come up. He's going to put things in your mind and try to take your focus off of God and put your focus on things in the earth. And so many people have got themselves locked up, gripped up, tied up on things of the earth. They don't have focus. They are not centered on Christ. Your unlimited supply. Jesus is what you need. God is what you need. You need him and he is your unlimited supply. He is the source of your purpose. He is the manufacturer. He is. And he knows what your purpose is. Everything designed has a purpose. Your Apple iPhone has a purpose. Your clothes you wear have a purpose. And every person that designed it, designed it. Who is your designer? Who is your creator? Who is your manufacturer? Who designed you? If you believe the word of God, it's God. Genesis 1, 26, let us make man. You know what Ford said, Henry Ford, when he was making a Ford car? Let us make a Ford car. You know what Mercedes was saying when they said make a Mercedes? Let us make a Mercedes. When you get in that joke, it's sleek. I mean, the dashboard is, is beautiful. It lights up, you know? The door's got lights coming up on them. The panels are with great interior, leather interior. You don't get in a Mercedes and find no, 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 no cushion seats. You find leather seats, luxury. It's designed in the mind of the man who created Mercedes. iPhone. Steve Jobs said, I got a purpose. I'm going to turn every person to an iPhone. I'm going to turn people to an Apple iPad. And they're going to be able to touch that iPad. And they're going to be able to do everything from an iPad. They're going to be able to read. They're going to be able to get Kindles. They're going to be able to, 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 to do work from an iPad. They're going to be able to put a shit to a TV if they want to. He had a purpose. He had a design. Just like they designed cars. I mean, Ford. He put that Mustang out there. And he said, I'm going to put this much power in the engine and I want to put this much horsepower that it's going to be able to take off and it's going to be able to do that. Why? He's the designer. The Wright brothers had a concept called an airplane and they said there's a purpose to the airplane. We're going to design an airplane and one day that airplane is going to be able to take people back and forth across seas. So far when they first began, it only had the capacity for one person to sit in it. But they had a bigger vision. They had a bigger dream that it would be able to take many people across. And so other people worked on the same concept. But the who was the creator? It was the Wright brothers. They had the patent. They had the idea. They had the intellectual knowledge to bring forth a design that was going to one day propagate throughout the world to take people back and forth in times that we couldn't even imagine to get across. Where it would take us days to get across the water. Now it takes us a matter of hours to get across the water because of one design in a man's mind, an image, an idea. And God's giving you an image, an idea, a purpose, a design. But what will you do with it? Will you launch out? Hallelujah. I'm getting worked up. I know you can tell this stuff is passionate to me because I want to drive you to your passion. I want to drive you to your weather place. I want to drive you to a place of increase. I want to drive you to a place of not giving up. You see, you don't find people who have purpose with depression. You know why? Because they're motivated by their purpose. They get up thinking about it. They go to bed thinking about it. They sleep about it. They dream about it. They wake up and they go into the rooms in the midnight hours and they're still working about a dream. 
Oh, I was just reading from just a deal about one of my friends who's, who plays jazz. And man, I mean, he plays beautiful, beautifully, but he had a purpose. And there was people who tried to talk him out of it. He had a purpose. When they said he couldn't do it, he had a purpose. I mean, doctors said he would never play. He couldn't because of asthma, but he had a purpose. He had a good job. He worked a good job, but he had a calling to play music. He had a passion to play music. It wouldn't let him go. And he had to do it. He felt he had to do it. And there was midnight hours and, and daytime and, uh, all throughout the day and weekends where he had to push to do it. He had to do his own design. He had to go do his own graphics. He had to go do his own CD labels. He had to go make his own music. He didn't have a team, but he had a purpose. You see, a purpose will continually drive you to go do it even when nobody else cares about your vision, when nobody else cares about your plans, when nobody else cares about what you're doing or going through. Purpose will keep you up. It will keep you motivated. Glory to God. I was reading a story about a young man. Some of you might know about him, but uh, listen to me. I, I got to tell you this. The most powerful force in life is the force of a vision. God gives you vision. Without vision, people perish. That's what the word says. Without revelation, without knowledge, without revealed knowledge, people perish. This man did a college paper in his economics class, on a, and, and, and his vision was for overnight mail. You might have heard of him. But his professor took a red pen, scraped through all his stuff, and told him, he gave him a seat, and told him, don't write about things and dream about things that will never come to pass. What a man wind up creating FedEx. You know, FedEx, overnight mail. But a professor tried to tell him that his dream would never come to pass. Don't wait on people to tell you how to do your dream. Don't wait for people to tell you how to dream. It is God who is the designer of dreams. It is God who gave you that purpose. It is God who gives you passion. It is God who gives you vision. And if you stay in front of him, seek the kingdom of God, God's going to keep giving you layers upon layers of that vision. You might not get it all the first time, but step into that first aspect of vision and purpose and start doing some of it and you're going to see God laying out in layers and one day you're going to step out from that place and it's going to look like man how did I get here because you stepped out and started doing one thing then two things then three things before you know it you're doing multiple things that God called you to go do and each one of those was layer upon layer to get you to your full impact your full place of influence don't let somebody else tell you what your vision is, what your plans are. Let the creator, you see, the manufacturer knows what plans he has for you. Now, we keep asking God for money, for increase. But yet, what's the why behind that money and increase? There's a why. There has to be a why, right? Right? God has always been concerned about purpose. You understand that? God didn't just create the earth just to create the earth. He had a purpose in place. Do you understand that? God did not begin when the beginning began. He began at the beginning. He didn't start when start got started. He started start. He started every aspect of of who we are in his mind. 
every aspect of what the earth would look like was in his mind. He began the beginning in the beginning. Before the beginning ever began, God was contemplating what I want, what I want Fred to do, what I want Kennedy to do, what I want David to do, what I want Jordan to do, what I want. You know, you, you, you think about all the different people that have come through history, all the different people who have touched time. Martin Luther King, God had a purpose. Harriet Tubman, a purpose. Let me tell you something. How do you know your purpose is from God? It is never about yourself. God called you to be an influence. Harriet Tubman had a purpose. It was not about herself. She escaped as a slave. Got to the north. Got to the line and cross and got her freedom. But it wasn't enough. She had to go back and free as many as she could. God gave her visions in the night, dreams in the night to show her how to fulfill her purpose. Her purpose was breaking free people. So much so that when she, after she had done it, the president received her, brought her in. She became a consultant to dignitaries. Martin Luther King had a dream, a vision. So much so that he would die for. You know how you know a purpose is real? You're willing to take it to your grave. I mean, you're willing to work. I'm, I'm, listen, let me back up on that statement because a lot of people are taking it to the grave. You know, the graveyard is probably the wealthiest place in all of history. There's probably more money buried, more increase buried, more wealth buried in the graveyard than there is or in the oil fields of Iran and Iraq. That there is gold in South Africa, diamonds in South Africa. Why do I say that? Because ideals have been buried in the graveyard and never come to pass. If we were to mine a graveyard, we would see all the ideals that could have come to pass. Think about it for a moment. What would the world be like right now if Steve Jobs had went to his grave without bringing us the iPhone, can you imagine it? What if Bill Gates had a died without bringing us Microsoft Windows? What would our world look like? What if the Wright brothers never, never brought forth the idea and tried to do the, the, uh, the, the invention called the airplane? What if they had took it to the grave? There are ideas buried in the graveyard. Don't let somebody tell you what you can't do. Roger Bannister from England took off one day and ran a four-minute mile when most people said it was impossible to do it. But ironically, after he completed that four-minute mile run, many others came behind him shortly after and did the same thing. He broke the barrier. Maybe God's calling you to break a barrier. See, you were created to do great things. You were created to do something prominent, significant in this earth. And yet we go day to day as if there's nothing for us to do in life. We spend our time kicking it. We spend our time. Oh, I got to be balanced. I got to kick it over here. You know what the word balance is? Lukewarm. You won't go all in. 
You trying to hang over here and hang over there. God didn't call you to do that. He called you to come all into him. Come unto me. All you that seven ladies, I'll give you rest. But you got to come all in. God has a vision for you. You want to know who the poorest person in the world is? The poorest person in the world is the person without a vision. The person without a dream. If that's you, you got to get up and do something about it. I don't know about that. Maybe, I mean, maybe you've lost sight of it through discouraging circumstances or the business of day-to-day living. We get so caught up in day-to-day. But I'm telling you, no matter how much money you have, if you don't have a clear vision for your life, you are poor. God's word says this in Jeremiah 29 11. I know the plans. I know the purposes that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Well, I don't care about your past. Your future is it's not ahead of you. You know where your future is at? Your future is buried inside of you. It's not ahead. Your future, your purpose is inside of you. And I need you not to go and die with all that purpose inside. You need to come up and and believe this word, that I'll die empty. I'll fulfill every aspect of the kingdom of God, every aspect of his influence. I will do what he called me to do. I will die empty. I will die unfilled. Don't die filled up. No, die unfilled. Die empty. That's what you were made to do. You were made to reach people. Turn with me to Psalms 19. Uh, not Psalms 19. Proverbs uh, 19.21. Now, let's read this over here in Proverbs 19. And th- listen to what it says about the plans in a man's heart. Because sometimes we have our own plans and we don't seek God. We don't seek godly counsel for what we, where we, where we're going. We, we, we kind of make up in our own self, but this is what I want to do. But what does God want you to do? That's where you're going to, that's where some of us mess up. It's, we're trying to do what we wanted to do. You know, I didn't want to do what I'm doing right now. I had my mind, I went to school to be a lawyer. That's what I went to college for. And I excelled at it. I was good at arguing with people. My wife says sometimes I'm too good. <laughs> I don't think that was meant to be a a blessed remark, (laughs) a great comment. (laughs) I think that's where I was telling me sometimes shut up. But anyway, I can't shut up because God calls me to do what I'm doing. But I don't need to argue. I've learned not to spend my time arguing, but spend my time loving people. Uh, Took me some time to learn that. But I went to school to be a lawyer. Look what God has me at now. I did politics. I also had a minor in that area. And I love doing what I'm doing. And I don't know one day if I'll do that or not again. But I will tell you what, if I do it again, it won't be because I'm doing it for somebody else. It'll be because I'm doing it for God. And it won't be because I'm serving somebody else to do it. I'll be serving people to do it and not a politician. That means I'll be doing it for uh, for Fred Leon for office and not for somebody else for office. Uh, but that time hadn't come and I'm trusting God that if he wants me to do that, he'll talk to me about doing that. But I'm telling you that was in my heart. That's what I thought I was going to do. That's what Fred decided Fred's going to do. 
But one day when I came, I was out of school, I heard God said, I want you to release all that stuff you learn because I got something else for you to do. I said, what? He says, I'm going to put you in place. You're going to do that, but it's going to be training you for reigning. And I went and I did those things and I learned from people and I learned to be excellent in what I did. I learned to be good and not just good, above normal. I had a person that mentored me and she wouldn't let me be the ordinary person. She would even do an extraordinary work. And I learned that before I really even learned that it was in the word of God. God doesn't want you to be ordinary. He wants you to be extraordinary. So sometimes it's not about your plans. More than it's about God's plan that he has for you. Proverbs 19, 21 in the Amplified says, Many plans are in a man's mind, but it's the Lord's purpose for him that will stand. Another translation said, It's the Lord's purpose that will prevail. What purpose? God's purpose. Huh? What purpose? God's purpose. You need to understand that God is a God of purpose. He does nothing without it. And nothing in life is without purpose. Nothing in life is without purpose. Let me tell you something. Not every purpose is known. What I mean by that? Not every purpose is known. Not everybody gets to know their purpose. They have the opportunity to, but not every person goes to seek it. You need to know this is number four. Where purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. You know where we get the word abuse from? Abuse comes from the word abnormal use. Abuse. They brought it together. You know how we say y'all in the South, they say, well, that's you all, really. That's, hey, you guys. We say, hey, y'all. You know, more proper people say, hey, you all. <laughs> you know, I don't know how to say that. I'm country. <laughs> so I say, hey, y'all. <laughs> but they brought them together. Abuse, abnormal use. There is things that God placed in this earth that people have taken and they have abused. Oh, 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 let me mess your head up. Cocaine, marijuana, all these drugs that people are doing and have become addicted to, they were put in the earth and most of them had a medical use for them. But when people got a hold of them and started selling them drugs and snorting it and bringing it in, that's abnormal use. Huh? There are some sleeping pills that are made to help you sleep. And they have certain things in them. But there are certain people who use those things and abuse them. And drink them with alcohol. Things like that. That's abnormal use. You see? The designer knows what your purpose is. And when you go against his purpose, that is people abuse. That is purpose abuse. There are many people who are who are doing what I call purpose abuse. You're abusing your purpose. You're not following your purpose. You're, you have abnormal use of your purpose or your abnormal use of your guilt. That's a lot of people. You know a lot of people who got abnormal use of their guilt? A lot of people singing mess that they shouldn't be singing about Every word coming out of their mouth is a cuss word. They got a guilt. They got a talent. They could be using it for God. They using that's abnormal use. That's abnormal use of the purpose. Abnormal use of the guilt. God's giving you a guilt. He's giving you a talent. What will you do for it? What will you do about it? Listen to me. Turn with me to Proverbs eighteen, verse sixteen, and it says, "A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men." You see that? A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. 
What are you doing with your gift? Because your gift will make you a commodity. Anyone who develops their gift will become a commodity. Everybody will want you. Everybody will come at you for that gift. And I'm telling you, you say, well, well, other people do it. I don't care if other people are doing something. Do it. There's something unique about you. I mean, if it wasn't, God wouldn't have gave it to you. Just like the hands on your head that makes you unique. The fingerprints on your fingers that makes you unique. It makes you different. There's something about your gift that's more unique. So focus on God and let him show you how to be unique in your gift. The Apostle Paul tells us in 2 Timothy 1 and 6, he tells us to stir up the gift. Huh? For this reason, I remind you to fan into the fan into the fan uh, the gift of God which is in you. What is that? Fan into flame the gift of God. Let it burn. Let it become so hot inside of you. Fan it. The more you fan it, what are we talking about? Working that gift, stirring it up. Putting it to use. And the more you put it to use, I'm telling you, the more it's going to burn inside you with passion. I'm telling you this. And don't go about somebody telling you you're too old to use your gift. Maybe you ain't used it and you're 65. Start using it now. Abraham wasn't too old. God used him. Moses wasn't too old. God used him. You've got to stir up your gift. And listen. When you go to work in your gift, you may, there may be some things that will come at you, but you've got to continue to stir it up. And I'm telling you, you don't have to imitate somebody else. You don't have to be like nobody else. Be you. Be original. I'm original. Ain't nobody like me on the air. I'm different. And I'm different on purpose because I am who God called me to be. And I am what God called me to be. And I know who I am in here. And because I know who I am, I know what I need to be. And I don't need nobody telling me that. And they don't have to like me. I don't have a lot of people around me in the first place. Change your thinking. Change who you're hanging around. Who you're hanging around may be the reason why you're down still in the valley when God wants to put you on top of the mountain. I'm telling you this. There's a dream inside of you and God wants you to let it go. Don't abort your dream. I mean, think about it. Abortion is happening rapidly in the United States of America. Abortion of babies. But you know another abortion that is abused, that's being abused is the abortion of dreams and the abortion of guilt. And Satan may be sitting back in his rocking chair laughing because there are many people going to the grave with the guilt inside them. They've aborted their guilt. There are many people who have turned to drugs and, and all types of other illicit things because they don't know who they are and they don't have a purpose. God's giving you a purpose. Listen to me. There's a purpose inside of you. And when a man doesn't know his purpose, abuse is inevitable. You'll find yourself doing something God didn't call you to do. You'll find yourself chasing other things. You'll find yourself on drugs. You'll find yourself doing illicit things, immoral things. You'll find yourself bored, depressed. You'll find yourself not fulfilled, not with joy. 
I'm telling you, this is the wealth God has for you. And when you find it, you're going to find out that as you flan, fan the flame of your passion, of your purpose, of your gift, that it's going to begin to take off. And people are going to want your gift. And that gift is going to make room for you. That gift is going to bring increase into your life. I'm telling you this. So you need to understand, don't look at a man to give you your vision. There's only one person that gives you your vision, that's God. No human being on earth was created to accomplish something that no one else can accomplish. Every human being, I mean, was created to accomplish something that no one else can accomplish. Every person on this earth was created to be known for something special. Every person with vision is greater than the passing forth of 99 people who are merely interested in doing or becoming something. You are responsible for fanning the flame of your guilt. Don't stop dreaming. God's got more for you. Now, I'm going to tell you that when you dream and you step out to do your vision, that fear may come knocking. There may be some issues that come knocking. But don't give up on them. You see, you need to continue to stay before God, and God's going to show you how to do what you can do. But you need to go to your manufacturer, you see. He's the one who created you and designed you, and he knows your purpose better than anybody else. And he's created a manual for you and I. I mean, think about it. How many of y'all ever got a product, and when you turn to it, I mean, the first thing you do, you open up, what do they have for that product? A manual. They have a manual for you to read. How many of y'all read the manual? You ain't stirred a little bit, but it tells you everything about who you, that person, what that, what that, what that product can do. Huh? If you buy something, sometimes you got to put it together. It tells you how you're supposed to put it together. Some of them do a good job. Some of them don't do a good job. But the, the, just like those manuals, God's giving you a manual, a Bible, biblical instruction to show you how you're supposed to live. Why? Because he designed you. He knows your purpose. And in this manual, he'll tell you. You can't say anything and everything out of your mouth. Why? Because you're putting it into the atmosphere. You're sowing seeds when you speak things. And you can't sow those things out of your mouth. As a man, whatsoever man sow, that shall he also reap. You don't want to sow stuff out of your mouth that you don't want to bring in. And so when you step out, you got to be speaking right, talking right, acting right, thinking right. Hmm? Believe, right, 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 right thinking will, will, will equal right believing, and right believing will produce uh, uh, right things, right actions out of your life. When you step out to do what God's called you to do, there will be resistance. I said there will be resistance. If what you believe, right, that you're called to do, if what you believe God gave you as an idea to step out in, then, there, then it will be bigger than you and it will take faith because it will bring into your life an aspect of fear where you will look at it and say, I don't know if I can do this. I don't think I can do this. And that's good for you because faith requires fear. Faith requires that there's some doubt in the place. Well, what do you mean by that? If I got faith, I ain't supposed to have no fear. No, who told you that? Religious people? The very aspect that you need faith tells you that fear is present. It just means that you're not locked up with fear. You're locked into faith. 
And when you step out to do something that God called you to do, there will be some things that you will be afraid of. You'll look at it and you'll be afraid to handle it, to tackle it. You'll start saying things that, why do you want me to do this? I don't know if I can do this. I Go find somebody else. But he won't. He'll leave it with you because he gave it to you. You understand that? God gave you a gift and he gave it to you without any repentance. He won't call back for it. He's giving you a gift. And with that gift, he's giving you ideas, visions, dreams of how to bring it to pass. And the more you spend time with him, the more you're going to see the plans that he has for you to prosper you and to bring forth that future that's buried on the inside of you, up out of you. I'm telling you this. Faith will have to show up. And faith calls for perseverance. Perseverance, you must persevere. This is one of the characteristics of people who love God and trust God. You gotta persevere. If you want to see increase and reach your wealthy place, you're gonna have to persevere. You're gonna have to not give up. You're gonna have to keep pressing in. Paul said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. I press, I keep pushing. When I want to give up, I keep pushing. When I want to give up, I see the result. Jesus looked at the cross and while he was looking at the cross, the Bible says he saw the end game. He saw the beginning and the ending. And because he saw you and I, he couldn't give up. He saw the purpose. He saw the result of him going to the cross. Vision is not the same thing as eyesight. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Vision is the ability to see farther than you can see with your eyesight. I don't know if you've ever been out there, right? With I've had to be on a battlefield and we use a specific type of binoculars that allows us to really pinpoint certain targets and certain things when we were on the battlefield. And when you took those binoculars off, you couldn't see dirt. Even if you had 20-20 vision to, to where these things were at, right? I'm talking about miles ahead. We couldn't see without the binoculars. But when we put these binoculars on, super telescopes, whatever you call, we call them uh, 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 super eye goggles. Like, you know, because it made you think you were like Superman when you saw these things, you put them on. You could see farther. You could pinpoint targets. And we put people on certain places, high elevation targets, so that they could look at, at the targets downrange for us with those binoculars and tell us certain things. But these binoculars cause you to see further than you could ever see before without these binoculars on. That's what vision is for you and I. Vision causes us to see so much further down the road because we're focused. We got our eyes on God. And now we can see further. We can see the end game. We can see just like the creator saw in us. He saw the the ending in the beginning. See, I can see my end game. And for a minute, I wasn't living in that way. But after I had that battle and, and we went through certain things, I went through cancer. I went through things where me and my wife, marriage got attacked. And God began to show me, you got to change some things. So we begin to change some things. We begin to focus more on God, talking to him, realizing that there's a plan 
for our marriage, to do what we call champion marriages, to reach other people, and the enemy is coming to attack us because he doesn't want us to get there. There's a plan for my voice to go out across the airway, but the enemy attacked it. He put cancer on my voice, box, my throat, my mouth. And I had to say, God, what you want me to do? He said, continue doing what I called you to do. It's your purpose. Cancer can't stop you. Let me tell you something. Well, if cancer can't stop me, nothing can stop you. The only person that had the ability to stop me was me. I'm the only person who can abort that gift. Just like only the mother can abort that baby, really. It has to be your decision. What will I do with my gift? What will I do with my purpose? Where am I going? What's my destination? And you're the only one who can stop yourself from going there. Because if you'll reach out and you'll step out in God, God's going to take you there. Whether nobody else believes in you or not, God's going to show you how to get the job done. Man, I want to shout hallelujah for that. Because I know that I know that I know it is God who drives us to our wealthy place. And it is God who has prepared for us a place just like he did for the Israelites. That promised land. He spoke to Joshua. Let's turn to that because fear came upon Joshua just like fear came has come upon me and it will come upon you. But you have to persevere under pressure to go keep doing this. Yeah, things may come on. May th- things may be off. Don't let it change your focus. Things may get off in your house. They may get off with your children. They may get off in your life. They may get off at the job. You come home and you still focus on the vision and the plans that God's giving you. Now I'm telling you, you need to know this. When you step out to do your guilt and your purpose, Satan's coming. Attacks are coming. That's why you got to persevere. Persevere. You got, even when it's rough, you got to push through the rush stuff. You, God brought us through the fire and through water. Huh? Men rode over our heads, but you brought us out into a wealthy place. You went through some stuff. Men came at you. They tried you. Why? It's the test that, that you're going through that proves to God that you're trustworthy to be able to continue to build upon that gift. He wants to trust to you the, the true riches. Turn with me to Matthew 24, and let's read in Matthew 24, just this so it can bring bring to you, bring home to you what, what I'm just saying. Who did, verse 45, is a faithful and wise servant, whom his Lord have made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he comes, shall find so doing. Now, in the Amplified, it says, Blessed, happy, fortunate to be is a servant whom, when his master comes, he will find so doing. Doing what? Doing his purpose. Doing what God called him to do. I solemnly declare to you, he will set him over all his possessions. God will. But I'm telling you that stepping out sometimes, just like this young lady in Oklahoma, brings fear. She's afraid to. What if I fail? What if it don't work out? What if I fall on my face? What if people laugh at me? What if they don't support me? All these questions come into your mind when you're trying to step out in your guilt. Joshua has some of these same questions in Joshua 1. verse. Let's start with verse 5. 
But listen to what God tells him. There should not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of your life. I will with Moses and I will be with you. I will not fail thee nor forsake you. What is he telling him? I know you think you're going to fail. I know you think you may not make it through. I will not fail you. I won't forsake you. One of the things you need to understand about your purpose when you step out, you won't fail in it if you're trusting God. You won't fail in it. God's walking with you. I ain't saying when you try to do what you want to do. I'm saying when you try to, when you're seeking God's face and you do what God says do, you will not fail. This thing will produce. Man, I'm, I'm telling you, I feel something by the Holy Ghost here as I'm saying this to you. You step out in the godly thing that God's called you to do and you will not fail. I don't care if that's playing an instrument. I don't care if that's writing music. I don't care if that's baking cookies. I don't care if that's making t-shirts. You do what God says do and he will bless it. He says, I will not fail you. Sorry about that. Hit my microphone. Be strong and of good courage. For unto this people thou shalt divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from the right or to the left, but that so that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book, this word shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate it therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that's written therein. For then thou shalt make your way prosperous, prosperity, and thou shalt have good success, good success, good success. What you do is going to prosper because you turn not to the left or the right. You stay focused on God's word and it came forth for you. I have I not commanded thee, be strong and good courage, Joshua. Be not afraid, Joshua, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you, whithersoever you go. That's to you right now. What you got going on, what's going on in your life, God's with you. You can step out because God's with you. You can accomplish your dream. God's with you. You can seek out your purpose in him. He's with you. He won't fail you. He won't forsake you. God will not fail you. So you don't have to be afraid of failing. Now you're going to have that, but you're going to have to persevere. And that's where faith comes in. Faith calls for fear, right? If you don't fear the task before, before you step out in it, then it's probably not from God. But if you fear it, it's because you think the task is bigger than you and it requires faith. It requires faith to activate. I'm telling you, Faith comes in to push you past the fear. Faith calls for courage. Courage is the ability to stand up in the face of fear. Why did he tell Joshua be courageous? Because he needed courage. Courage to stand up when there's fear. And courage calls for faith. And faith replaces fear. I'm telling you, God's got more for you than you can ever imagine. Hey, that's my teaching time. Man, I've got to go. It's been a good time talking to you. Join me next week. We're going to go into part two of this. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray for every person on the sound of my voice right now listening to this broadcast. Father, I call them into their purpose. I thank you, Father God, that they will pursue with the passion that's on the inside of them. And that's going to lead them to purpose. And you're going to give them vision to accomplish that purpose. Father, right now, I bind every demonic influence that comes against your people. I thank you, Father God, that they will not die unfulfilled. They will not die with everything that you've given to them. They will die 
empty. They won't die filled up. They'll die empty and they will release the gift that you've given to them to reach the masses throughout the world. Father, I trust and believe this is working for your people in the name of Jesus Christ. Hey guys. We want you to pray for us. We're getting ready to launch into Africa and the Houston market, and we're working on Dallas. We need you to be praying for us, standing in agreement with us. We believe that we're here to teach people how to win, how to reach their purpose, and we hope that we're being a blessing to you. If we are, write us at PastorFredAtMetaChampion.com. Every Friday on this broadcast is Giving Friday. As I've already stated, one of the keys to the kingdom of heaven is giving. It's not just giving because I said give. It's giving because he says to. And you give what he says. I never tell a person amount. You pray to God and you give the amount that he says. And that's where tremendous increase will come. If you would like to give, you can do so by texting G-I-V-E. That's give, G-I-V-E, and the dollar amount to 979-243-2148. Another way you can give is by texting to our cash app, dollar sign, winners in life, W-I-N-N-E-R-S-I-N-L-I-F-E. When you do that, please put your name on it so that we can give you credit for giving. And you can always give the old-fashioned way with a check in the mail. Our announcer's coming. She'll give you that address if you want that here at the end of the broadcast. Hey, I always love having you on, man. We're coming right back next week. We're going to continue talking about how to produce in the kingdom of heaven. As Oral Roberts always said, I continue to say, something good is happening on your behalf this week. You believe that and you receive it. And as we like to say, I love you, God loves you, and there's absolutely nothing you can do about that. See you next week. We hope that you enjoyed that message from Frederick. We are here to partner with you so that you can win in every area of life. If you would like to contact Frederick, you can do so via email at pastorfred at madeachampion.com or write us at Victorious Life Ministries, 4621 South Cooper Street, Suite 131, Box 611, Arlington, Texas, 76017. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you. And remember, you are a champion.